0: I would like to warn you that this episode of Off the Watchlist is spoiler filled. So if you've seen the movie or you just don't care, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Off the Watchlist, the podcast with the movies that we have no excuse for missing. My name is Luke.
1: My name is Sophia. What movie did you watch this week, Luke? (laughs) I forgot how this goes.
0: I watched School of Rock.
1: So I think I have only seen this movie once and it was in middle school band (laughs) (laughs) and it was like one of those, you know, we had just finished a concert or we had a substitute teacher or something like that. But yeah, I remember sitting in like our little band chairs in front of the very small TV (laughs) (laughs) that was mounted like two feet. Below the ceilings, so we all had to crane our necks up to watch it, uh, yeah, and I I liked it, but I can't say that I have much of it still in my memory. So I'm I'm looking forward to this.
0: It, it, there's a beautiful irony in this movie being shown in a music class. I kind of like <laughs> like that idea. I've never seen. We we're
1: like, hey, this is we don't do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> our music. class we don't do this? <laughs> our music classes in the school. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen School of Rock before, which.
1: I'm surprised because you had the same, well, you were an orchestra, Yeah. but we had the same middle school music teacher.
0: Yeah, so I somehow missed this movie throughout my adventures in movie watching, which is kind of strange because I feel like this is kind of a classic.
1: I was really surprised to hear you hadn't seen it.
0: Yeah, it sort of put Jack Black on the map. Is it? It, Yeah. It's like a a huge comedy, very influential. What year did it come out? Uh,
1: 2003.
0: 2003. So yeah, very influential in the early 2000s. But uh, somehow I just missed it. And so I'm very glad I got the excuse to sit down and watch it now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a a cultural keystone, I think.
0: Yeah, and it was a blast to watch too. So that was good.
1: (laughs) I am glad. All right. Well, it was directed by Richard Linklater and written by Mike White. And probably my favorite fact that I found about this movie was Mike White wrote this script specifically for... And because of Jack Black himself, because apparently they were neighbors at one time. And he just wrote this movie, Two Star Jack Black, in which Jack Black just plays himself. (laughs) And I think it was born out of kind of, you know, annoyance at things he would do like blasting classic rock down the hall or running around shirtless in public. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm I'm sure those weren't his favorite things in the world, but good for him for <laughs> making a movie out of it.
0: Making a profit out of his neighbor's annoyance. If you ever have an annoying neighbor, uh, do this. I guess that solves it.
1: I am I, just so like fascinated with the fact that he, he just wrote this like, self-insert story for Jack Black. (laughs) This really
0: does feel like a vessel for Jack Black as an actor. Like, as I was sitting and watching it, I felt like I was watching someone put, like, a a video camera in Jack Black's bedroom yeah, and, like, see what Jack Black does with his life.
1: How many times can we say Jack Black (laughs) in a minute and a half?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first person to say Black Jack loses.
1: And, And the thing is, Mike White apparently doesn't even really like classic rock <laughs> that much. <laughs> he just wrote it so that Jack Black could have all of his favorite music in a movie.
0: You mentioned it was directed by Richard Linklater. Uh-huh. Is, this is a very weird movie in the resume of Richard Linklater. Because he he's made a lot of stuff. He's made a lot of very like artsy indie movies. Uh, such as
1: ma- School of Rock.
0: <laughs> such as School of Rock. One of his most notable series of films, I guess. He's done the he did the before trilogy, which um before sunrise, before sunset, and yeah. before midnight, which are a series of like very stream of consciousness romance movies. Before
1: mid afternoon.
0: <laughs> before twelve PM. <laughs> They're probably some of the best written, if not the best written romance movies out there. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of the way it accurately portrays or maybe not it's like a weird mix of the romantic and the realistic. In terms of the romance that develops. But the basic premise is this guy from America who's on vacation in uh, Europe runs into this girl from France, somewhere in France, who's on vacation in Europe as well. And they're both there for a day. So the movie is about before sunrise, uh, what they do before sunrise. Mm-hmm. So they have this whole night where they stay up all night doing adventures together and this whole romantic, uh, uh, escapist kind of fantasy. Europe which is awesome <laughs> yeah no it's, 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 a, it's a really really great series of movies and Richard Linklater kind of made a name for himself as like the That's indie cool. darling uh, who made these like really low budget but well written and beautiful indie films and he's kind of returned to it since since School of Rock he did a movie in 2014 called Boyhood which very famously took 12 years to make yeah. he started making it with the actors when the main character was like 8 years old and Whoa. he grew up to be 20, and so it kind of documents... Uh, it's like a coming-of-age movie that- with a kid who actually comes of age throughout the movie. It's a really cool experience to watch, seeing uh, seeing this kid go from an 8-year-old to a 20-year-old on, on a movie. And so he he's done a lot of this stuff, which was why I laughed out loud when I was watching the movie and the credits start rolling, and it said, directed by Richard Linkladder. <laughs> I was like, what?
1: <laughs> in, in addition to being, you know, just... Jack Black is Jack Black. Um, it was also inspired by the Langley Schools music project of 1976 and 1977, uh, which I had not heard about previous to researching this movie. But apparently, it's kind of become like it's it's got its own little cult following. But uh, the the music project was just kind of an adventure by a Canadian music teacher, uh, and he just rounded up a bunch of kids from four elementary schools, and they recorded popular songs. Just a bunch of elementary schoolers sitting in a <laughs> in a school gym and like singing David Bowie and the Beatles and
0: I I don't know what this is, but I was in the room the other day while you were researching. Mm-hmm. And it
1: sounds terrifying. It <laughs> sounds so there's something, creepy. There's yeah. something kind of haunting about him because, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of reverb and there was no, it It wasn't like specialized recording equipment or anything. This guy just set up a camera and, and had a bunch of kids like sing in the gym. They were recorded in the 70s. They made records out of them, which they gave to, I think, the parents of the kids involved. Kind of, <laughs> you know, how you'll record you know, your, your school music concert. But aside from that, like nobody like knew that this had happened until 25 years later when some, someone I didn't write down specifics found a record in like a thrift store and then published them. There is something definitely haunting about them because it's like just so echoey and kind of distant and the sound of like all these kids just like shouting these, uh, like grown up songs. Like they're not kids songs. They're not like inappropriate but they're they're not kids songs um
0: i just gotta say there's a reason why in horror movies they use like like slow kids choirs to establish the creepy ambiance. and
1: that has never really worked for me because i've never found kids creepy
0: well i'm not gonna go on a whole tangent about it here but like there's a it's a huge tool in horror to uh, like establish the odd first Uh and like the second, as an audience member, you're sitting and watching a movie and something is just a little off, that's when you're primed in like the filmmaker's mind. You're primed to be scared because the second mm, you're like you're imbalanced and your concepts of reality are kind of off kilter. Uh-huh. That's when something scary can like feel more real in a weird way. Okay. It, that, that's when that's when the horrifying can be feel more reality because the reality has already been twisted into something not real.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Jokes on you though I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so Jack Johnson, this is a loosely related tangent. I have been annoyed at kids in recordings with children's choirs.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna cut out the recordings and children's choirs thing here. I'm just gonna leave it as I have been annoyed. I with have kids. been
1: annoyed in my life. Uh, <laughs> but no, so There is this Jack Johnson, I think it was on the soundtrack to Curious George. I think it was, it's the sharing song, and then maybe the three R's have, like, children's choirs to to sing in them. And I remember listening to this in, like, fourth or fifth grade, and as part of this recording... When the kids aren't singing, you know, and just, like, the instrumentals are going, you can hear them, like, kind of talking and laughing with each other in the background. And now that I'm older, I realize that this was probably, like, a direction that they were given to you know, bring some, like, joy and, you know, look how, like, happy and innocent these these kids Mm -hmm. singing are about sharing and recycling. Mm -hmm. But as a fourth grader, I don't think that crossed my mind. And I was just, like, really kind of ticked off at all these kids for being so unprofessional (laughs) while they were (laughs) performing. I would do better. I was, like, me in an elementary school choir myself at that time, I was, like, you're not supposed to talk while you're not singing. Like, you can't do that. That's not a (laughs) hasn't anyone taught you
0: You you're with Jack
1: Johnson and you're talking during the song I would play that Jack Johnson CD to help me sleep sometimes but I would literally like stay up and just get mad about that and kind of (laughs) work myself into being upset about it I was like this is terrible this is so unprofessional I would do so much better did you write a
0: letter to the editor about it
1: the editor of what
0: jack johnson
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't but anyway enough about that back to the movie that this podcast (laughs) is about (laughs) so i just have a couple more fun facts uh one of them which i think is has become pretty well circulated in, in just the lore of this movie is that the soundtrack includes led zeppelin's immigrant song uh, and I actually have not seen the movie recently enough to just know off the top of my head if it's in the actual movie.
0: It is. Yes, It is. Okay.
1: Led Zeppelin is famously very hesitant to authorize the use of their music for pretty much anything. Really? Yeah. So the director, Link Ladder, came up with an idea to um, film a video on the stage that they used at the end of the movie. And this video, they they had like all the extras that were in the crowd, the the audience for that scene, stay there, and they they just filmed a video of Jack Black standing on the stage with all these extras like cheering and clapping behind him, and he just openly begs Led Zeppelin to <laughs> let them. Is mute. that a video
0: that exists? Can you watch that somewhere?
1: You know, in all my research, I didn't actually look for this video.
0: <laughs> I want to see this. We
1: should. Uh Yeah, to, to let them use their song. And they, they took this video and they sent it directly to all living members of Led Zeppelin.
0: <laughs> it's a thing. You
1: can watch it on YouTube. There you go. All right. Of course, because it is in the movie, they did end up getting permission to use it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's so that's really cool. <laughs> so also, all of the kids who play instruments in the movie are actually playing them. Really? Yeah, and in fact, Richard Linklater refused to direct the movie unless this was the case.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's really interesting. Of all music movies, I feel like this would be the one where I'm like, it doesn't really matter all that much. (laughs) But yeah, that's a big thing in a lot of music movies is they... Sometimes struggle a lot to like get everything synced up in post.
1: My sister actually has problems with Sherlock and how Benedict Cumberbatch apparently does not play the violin correctly. Oh no, he, he plays it super long. <laughs> yeah, that she's just like, that's not
0: right. Yeah, no, um, it's actually really funny if you, <laughs> it, it, if you watch a uh, Sing in the Rain, uh-huh. uh, they do that a lot with the in the song uh, Fit as a Fiddle they have the vaudeville <laughs> sequence and, uh, their
1: bows aren't even like, <laughs> touching the violin.
0: They're like Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor are doing this huge, like vaudeville dance and they're playing the violin and like they're, they're not even remotely close to playing it at all correctly. Uh, And they're like, they're kind of making a joke out of it because they're like throwing the violins in the air and grabbing them (laughs) and pretending like it doesn't matter. It's it's like...
1: Yeah, I've never been sure because that scene is... It's so bad that you have to wonder if they did it on purpose.
0: I I thought the (laughs) exact same thing. I'm watching I'm like, okay, this is so clearly not real. Like, it's got to be a joke. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so all the kids in the movie actually playing their instruments. Uh, And along those lines, so Miranda Cosgrove, uh who plays summer Miranda Cosgrove can sing she's a very good singer but her character summer is not so she actually had to take voice lessons to make her voice worse what for this movie and as a musician myself the thought of that kind of scares me a little bit because i'd be like what if i what if i can't go back
0: <laughs> yeah. what if
1: i get stuck like that that's wild and also i i just don't know how would you I want to know what teacher she called and said, hey,
0: make me worse. Can you
1: help me sing less good? <laughs> than do you think I it's an now? insult to
0: the teacher? teacher gets <laughs> call like, I've worked my entire life to teach kids how to play music. And now all of a sudden, my highest profile gig is going to be getting this girl to sing bad.
1: <laughs> I really need to learn how to sing badly. You're the first one who came to my mind. <laughs> I
0: thought there's no better person to teach me how to be terrible at this instrument.
1: Uh, let's see. And the song she sings in the movie is Memory from Andrew, Lo- from <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, <laughs> which is interesting because uh, the movie School of Rock was turned into a 2015 Andrew Lloyd Webber Broadway musical, (laughs) and then the last fact I have is that uh, all the kids who um, join the band in the School of Rock are given nicknames, and you know, kind of true to form for this movie, Jack Black came up with all of those himself. So, oh really? Interesting. That's all I got.
0: (laughs) That's all for background. There are
1: so many tangents. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we made it. (laughs) We made it. Ready to jump into summary?
1: Uh, I am ready.
0: So, School of Rock opens with a performance by Jack Black's, whose character's name is Dewey. Does he? What's his last name? Do you have his last name? Uh, Finn. Dewey Finn.
1: What a name! <laughs> what
0: a name! <laughs> <laughs> uh, a performance by Dewey Flynn's band, which is Finn. called Dewey Finn. Not not. Who Flynn. names
1: their kid Dewey?
0: <laughs> it's named after it the Dewey Desmos. <laughs> is
1: that how you spell it? i don't know to apologies to any i feel like every episode apologies we, to all
0: librarians
1: well no i feel like every couple of episodes we roast a specific name <laughs> yes.
0: apologies to anyone named dewey, named
1: dewey. <laughs> um, also apologies that you are named dewey
0: <laughs> i am so sorry
1: <laughs> um, anyway dewey finn
0: <laughs> dewey finn in his band called No Vacancy are performing. And that's this is the opening scene in the movie as you watch them perform. Um, and it's it's something. I'll, I'll say <laughs> I'll say that much. Uh, they're they're not great. Dewey Finn especially is like it's a little over the top. You could tell he's passionate, so God bless his heart.
1: God <laughs> oh, <laughs> bless his heart. Yeah,
0: but um he at the end of the scene tries to like dive into the crowd and they all just part. <laughs> <laughs> he falls flat in his face. Um, that, that's how the movie opens, and so that that's kind of the opening sequence with like the title crawl and like uh, intro title sequence mm-hmm. over it. And then, in the we, context
1: of that, is they're they're auditioning for like a a band competition. Or yes, band, like showcase. Yes, yeah.
0: they're uh, they're getting ready for something called the Battle of the Bands, which is some local band competition
1: i did battle of the books in middle school how'd that go i won twice well my, it wasn't just me I had a team
0: so we meet dewey properly not on not on the concert but we meet him the next day and he's crashing at a friend's house his friend's his name is ned ned and i think his fiance maybe girlfriend he there.
1: doesn't he, he there does he does
0: live there they are roommates but like is he at, on the lease? At this point, he's supposed to pay rent, but he hasn't in like a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, Ned's fiance or girlfriend or some something significant significant other moves in, and she and Ned are kind of. But at this point, basically, the homeowners and Dewey has resorted to. Uh, he has like a quarter of the house that he sleeps in. He's
1: couch surfing in his own apartment. He's Couch surfing <laughs> in his
0: own apartment. And uh, so yeah, we basically this is the classic introduction to like the down on his luck loser, uh, who all he wants to do is play rock music and struggling
1: music- musicians. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: struggling musician. And Ned, who he lives with his roommate, used to be in a band with him, but ever since he met his fiance, now he's like trying to pull his life together or something. And uh, Dewey looks down on him for giving up his dreams, <laughs> but basically they let Dewey know that he is late on his rent for, I think, like, the third month in a row or something, and they're sick of it. And Ned's fiancé, whose name is Patty, gives Dewey an ultimatum, basically says, like, pay your rent off by the end of the week. Get a job and start paying your rent, or else, like, you have to leave. And so Dewey is like, fine, I'll get a job. And so one day, while he's just lounging around the house and... Ned is off at work and Patty is away. He gets a phone call from a very established school district who is asking for Ned, his name's Ned Schneebly. And they're asking for him cause he's a substitute teacher and they have a teacher who is going to be out sick for a while, and they need someone to replace her. And so Dewey is like, no, Ned's not home. And then she's like, Oh, the principal who's on the phone is like, Oh, let us know when he gets home, we have a job for him. That's going to pay a lot of money. And so Dewey is like, oh, actually, hold on. He is home. Here's the phone. And then he puts on a fake voice and, and uh, basically says he will take the job. He shows up at the school, which is called Horace Green. He shows up at Horace Green School and the kids call him Mr. Schneebly. And he tries to write it on the chalkboard but he doesn't know how to spell Schneebly. So he just puts Mr. S (laughs) and, uh, he, he starts teaching and it's like, he has no idea what he's doing. He just kind of lounges at the teacher's desk and it's like, Hey kids, consider this class like an extra recess. Basically.
1: I've had subs like that,
0: uh, which all the kids, this is a very preppy prep school go what is this like why Why? (laughs) this isn't what my parents are paying tuition for so (laughs) so and uh they are all much more mature than Dewey but one day while he's impersonating this teacher going to school regularly he's getting paid which is nice he uh hears the students go off to their music room and hears them playing music and he goes and eavesdrops and they're playing this like very classical kind of slow. I mean, but he uh, he sees all these kids playing music through the window and it's like an idea sparks in his brain. And so he... I will
1: exploit these children. <laughs>
0: yes. So he his next lesson, he like pulls him aside. He's like, guys, I didn't know you were so good at music. And they were like... Uh, and he pulls aside the guitarist whose name is Zach, Zach Mooneyham. And he's like, you play guitar. And Zach is like, yeah, I guess. And so he gives him an electric guitar, which Zach says his dad doesn't allow him to have. <laughs> um, uh, he gives him an electric guitar. Uh, the guy who is playing cymbals in the orchestra class, his name's Freddie. He gives him a drum set and tells him to drum. He's really good at drumming, somehow. Uh, I, I'm not going to question it. But he puts the cellist Katie on a state on a, a sideways bass. Is which- it
1: called sideways bass?
0: If you're an orchestra player, it's called sideways bass. I
1: don't think that's a real thing. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, people say that I mean, the bass is an wrong. upright bass, but the bass is just a bass.
1: Electric bass. Yeah, electric bass is fine. I've never heard sideways bass.
0: <laughs> if you take a bass and you turn it sideways, it's an electric bass. Well, yeah, uh, there's the, uh, the classical pianist whose name is Lawrence. He puts him on an electric keyboard, like a synthesizer. And then in... Um, the humble Jack Black fashion. He declares himself both lead singer and lead guitarist.
1: Co-lead guitar. Oh, sorry.
0: Of With course. the other guy. Of course. Assistant
1: to the lead guitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, he got, he still has a lot of other students, though. <laughs> and so he's yeah. like, uh, he, he picks a couple singers, a couple backup singers, and he picks, like, security team and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And finally, there's one last student. She's kind of set herself up to be the lead student you mentioned her earlier summer mm-hmm. she is uh she's been the most outspoken so far and stuff like that she's mm-hmm. in the very front she's the best student very organized all that kind of stuff and she she comes up to him after class like what do you what can i do i want to i want to participate too mm-hmm. and uh he's like well what do you do and She's like, I, I can sing. And then she can't sing, <laughs> even though in real life I guess she can. And mm-hmm. she had to learn not to. But she can't sing. And so he's like, you know what, you'll be you'll be our manager. And she's like, all right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. And so now we have our uh, our our little band. He forms them into this band and basically declares that they are going to compete for the Battle of the Bands. Uh, and so they start all it's their... It's like Bring
1: It On, I'm yeah. just realizing. Yeah. Have you seen Bring It On? I haven't. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> wow. Excellent contribution but to the discussion, Sophia.
1: But I've 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 listened to the soundtrack of the Broadway version and read the plot summary on Wikipedia. Yeah. So that's that counts.
0: Instead of their normal lessons, they are just doing rehearsals, writing their music and performing their music. Actually at this point, the music is being written by Jack Black even though his music is pretty bad. The the song they play is called, why did you kick me out of the band? Oh, I forgot to mention <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the first scene, he shows up to band practice and his band, no vacancy kicks him out. And so that's why he's down on his luck. Oof. Um, because he is no longer in a band and he's very salty about it. And so he forms this band of small children <laughs> to compete against his own band in the battle of the band. We'll Bands. show them. Yeah. We'll show them. And so he writes this song, um, about why did you kick me out of the band <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's wonderful but during these lessons we kind of get to dig in a little bit into these uh, like kids characters and um, a lot of them have like a lot of the classical things that are wrong with kids in movies tropes like overbearing parents or mm-hmm. stuff like that we are at a prep school so a lot of them are very like very rich parents and who don't have too much time for them or stuff like that like the classical trope not saying that's yeah not saying that's how all prep school parents are but it's the cliche Mm -hmm. so yeah we learn about lawrence who is afraid he's not very cool and we actually get to see dewey like be kind of good not teacher but i guess mentor figure as like this kid is like afraid he's not very cool and jack black is like dude you were, like, the best rock pianist I've ever met. You're so cool. Rock is, like, the coolest thing you could do, and Aww. you do it awesome. And so we get to see him being very sweet with these kids, and it's great. Uh, along with that, we, like, see that Zach's dad super disapproves of him doing, like, anything that's not classical music related. And the girl, Tamika, is... Uh she she's like she's a bigger girl and she's embarrassed and self-conscious about herself. Mm. And Jack Black basically discovers that not only can she sing, but she can like really sing. Yeah. And so he like puts her front and center It's like you're the headliner singer. I do
1: remember that pretty clearly. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool.
0: And so that's there's cool. like little bits like that where you can see Jack Black not only is his character his character is a fool and like an <laughs> idiot, but he's not just that. He, he like has a very um Pure hearted way of looking at the world, and so it's kind of a double edged sword. His he has this like overbearing innocence, but he also is an idiot, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, during one of these lessons, he, he he basically gives the rock and roll manifesto to these kids, basically saying that the whole point Dewey of Marx. <laughs> Dewey Marks, <laughs> Dewey Marks, he basically says his whole idea is that. Rock and roll is to stick it to the man, he says. And the whole point is to, like, rebel against the established conceptions of authority in your life. And so this is how he kind of helps uh, Zach break out of his, like, overbearing father who doesn't want him to do this kind of stuff. It's like what rock and roll is all about is about venting these feelings. And so he has a couple kids who, through Summer, the manager, uh, pitched the name of the band. And it's going to be called... The, the School, school of, rock.
1: of Rock. Oh, and interestingly enough, um, I don't know why I paused between those two words. <laughs> uh, the This is a very small detail, but the movie, the, I, I suppose the working title was The School of Rock. And there's a little bit of confusion about it on the internet because, you know, I think some... Posters say the School of Rock, and some hmm. articles listed as the School of Rock, but they decided to drop the the. Yeah, it's the just School the, of Rock. Yeah.
0: So, at one point, once the band has kind of gotten put together, <laughs> this is very fishy and very illegal. But Dewey takes like a group of the kids to go audition, like during school hours, <laughs> audition for the Battle of the Bands, and it's been established at this point that the school. When there's substitutes, they don't do field trips. So substitutes cannot request field trips. This is what the principal tells Dewey.
1: I mean, that, that, that note, seems that, reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> that seems very
0: reasonable. Unless it's like a year-long substitute kind of thing where it's gotcha. like taking over for someone who's like very sick or something. Dewey takes a group of kids and auditions for the Battle of the Bands with them. And he basically discovers when he gets there uh, that the bill is full and they can't. They can't get on. It's like, oh no. oh, no. What do we do? We've been working so hard for this. And so Dewey goes to the people and says, I, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like um, – he, he, like, gets a little angry with them, And he says, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get angry with you. You know, I just care so much about these kids from the children's hospital that have that have kind of – their dream is to participate in the Battle of the Bands. And he <laughs> says they all have – terminal illnesses the guy's like what's their illness and he's like stick it to the mania <laughs> and, oh,
1: no. and they
0: like look outside and all the kids are like lying on the sidewalk
1: <laughs> oh, no <laughs> and, I, I don't remember <laughs>
0: out of pity they're added to the bill um, and so Dewey like, walks that back to the car that makes me
1: uncomfortable
0: not gonna lie <laughs> Dewey walks back to the car and like gives them the thumbs up and they all start of celebrating he's like sh- quiet you have terminal illness and one of the kids it's like it's only a second the shot is only a second but it cuts back to the kids and one child just like flops back onto the
1: (laughs) it's really funny
0: (laughs) but that um, kid
1: like totally committed to that shot and then was really angry when only a half a second of it made (laughs) it to the
0: movie it's so funny though it's (laughs) worth it (laughs) the next day the principal whose name is principal mullins she comes across as a very kind of uptight stuck up principal. She stops by the class to like check on what Dewey's been teaching. She hears that some music was heard from the classroom by another teacher and so she's going to come investigate and she sees Dewey's guitar in the corner which he forgot to hide and he, he tells her that it's an experimental form of learning that he learned while he was at teaching school which uh, combines music with learning which like it's a valid thing yeah. but <laughs> he starts singing about mathematics on the guitar it's like it's incredibly uncomfortable so yeah that happens
1: it's effective i mean that it was is. that was well schoolhouse rocks whole thing yeah ask me to sing the preamble and i can do it <laughs> i think we're good <laughs>
0: <Ouch>. <laughs> anyways dewey and principal mullins in like an effort to distract her from the fact that he's not teaching anything dewey kind of extends friendship to principal moments and discovers that she is generally like not very liked by much of the staff because of how strict she is. Aww. And so he invites her out to lunch and they go out and Dewey basically discovers that she has a passion for Stevie Nicks and they kind of bond over it and they sing some Stevie Nicks songs from the jukebox while they're at like the coffee shop or whatever. Well
1: did I know any Stevie Nicks songs?
0: Yeah. She kind of tells us, she opens up to Dewey about how she feels a lot of pressure by like all these rich parents to have everything under control and Dewey is like great (laughs) Um, (laughs) meanwhile at the apartment where Dewey and Ned live Ned gets a check from the school for his substitute work (laughs) and that is like wait a second I don't teach at this school (laughs) and so he like reports is like hey I'm not doing this and uh basically Dewey has been has been found out (gasps) uh and the parents night is the night before the Battle of the Bands. So at the parents' night, all the parents come and Dewey is there and they basically discover that Dewey is the fake Dewey because Ned shows up. Sorry, Dewey is the fake Ned because Ned shows up. (laughs) And they're like, what have you been teaching our kids? And Dewey tries to explain like he's been teaching them the purpose and meaning of rock and roll. (laughs) But uh, all the parents are like, no, we're paying money for our kids to go here. (laughs) They chase him out. It's a gag. They chase him out of the school and... He uh, runs away. So the next day, all the parents show up to Principal Mullen's office. Like, how did you let this happen? How did uh, how did you let some random dude teach our kids for weeks? They return to the classroom where their children are supposed to be, and their children are all gone. <laughs> um, Whoops. <laughs> oops. The, the kids have gotten on the school bus, which was already set to go to the Battle of the Bands. All the kids get on the school bus and tell the school bus driver to go. And they stop by Dewey's apartment and pick up Dewey. That's and, on
1: the that's on the bus driver, though. The oh, yeah. A bunch of kids get on, no chaperone. They're like, drive! <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they stop by Dewey's apartment and, like, burst in. And Dewey's like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, come on, isn't music everything? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they convince him to join them and to rock out. And so they go to the Battle of the Bands. And they're getting ready before the performance, and Dewey announces that instead of doing one of his songs, they're going to do a song by Zach, uh, who's one of the band kids, um, the guitarist, the one whose whose dad doesn't want him to be a guitarist. And so they go out on stage, and the whole crowd is like, "What?" <laughs> and, and this group of kids starts to perform, and they're like, "They're good. It's a lot of fun." This this is like kind of the last element of the. The story is his performance, and like the parents burst in and see their kids playing on stage and they're like, Oh wow, actually pretty good. And they
1: learn the true meaning of Christmas after all. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and it turns out the that the real value was the friends they made along the way. <laughs> so they they do the performance, it's great. However, they don't win the battle of the bands. Aww. And actually, no vacancy Dewey's former band. <gasps> they win.
1: Wait, that sucks.
0: Yeah, I know. But. But? But. But. The audience starts chanting for the School of Rock.
1: Yeah. And they
0: go back on stage and perform an encore. And, um, yeah, all the parents are like, wow, they're so good. Check out our kids. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So they perform this last epic song, which is great, uh, where every kid is highlighted in some way. Hmm. Then the credits roll, and it's worth noting that after the credits – we see that there's a little building next to the school that's opened up an after school program called the School of Rock, Aww. where uh, Dewey has become a rock teacher and that's he still plays with cool. his band. So,
1: Wait. He goes back to No Vacancy? No, he's his, oh, the School good, of Rock. Good, good.
0: Okay. The, the good band. Uh, so Sell they, out. They still play together um, and are still embracing the gods of rock um yeah that's how the movie ends it's very simple but super funny and super charming and is it man the movie you can't really do it justice describing it because it's so driven by jack black's Mm -hmm. like perfect performance as dewey dewey is just jack black like as a character they act exactly it's a
1: self-insert movie (laughs) it's a
0: self-insert movie and uh, Like, yeah, Jack Black knocks it out of the park. He's so funny in this movie. So, yeah, if you haven't watched the movie, watch it just for Jack Black. I feel like this is the movie where, like, the image that you have of Jack Black in your head, you get it from his performance in this movie.
1: I just remember that Jack Black is in The Muppets. You haven't seen The Muppets. We're we going to watch, watch the that for the, uh, for the podcast at one point, but... The <laughs> There's there's one line where Kermit leaves the rest of the Muppets alone for like one second and they go and they kidnap Jack Black and he what? finds out <laughs> and and he's like, you kidnap Jack Black. And Fozzie's like, what's more illegal, briefly inconveniencing Jack Black or breaking up the Muppets? And he's like. Kidnapping Jack Black. (laughs) And I definitely didn't do justice to that dialogue, but I love that exchange.
0: (laughs) That's great. Uh, Yeah, I feel like... I'm excited for you to watch that I'm excited, too. I feel like all of Jack Black's characters since School of Rock have been loosely inspired by School of Rock. Like, if you think about, like, Kung Fu Panda or something like that, like, I feel like a lot of those characters... Welcome
1: to the Jungle. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I feel like a lot of these characters are people who have seen School of Rock and go, I want that character in my movie.
1: I mean, the great thing about Jack Black is he doesn't even really act. He just shows up and like puts himself in a bunch of different scenes and then just is himself.
0: <laughs> and he sounds like a charming and like personable guy. And so, I don't know. I watched this that's movie. Great. I'm like, man, I just want to hang out with Jack Black now.
1: I do kind of want to hang out with Jack Black.
0: But yeah, that's School of Rock. That's School of Rock. I, I would recommend people watch it if they haven't. Because it's so much fun. It's a great like movie night movie.
1: It's a great post-concert middle school band movie.
0: <laughs> I would say it's a post-concert movie for any time. If you ever go to a concert, go home and watch School of Rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry you guys didn't get to watch it. That's what you get for choosing orchestra, though.
0: Orchestra is objectively superior. It's not. It really is. It's not. <sighs> well, you know... You're entitled to your own opinion, but you're wrong.
1: Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but some opinions are more opinionated than others.
0: Sophia, I may not always be right, but I am never wrong.
1: No, I'm always right. I'm always We've gone over this. <laughs> 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 if, if you would like to weigh in... <laughs> bit, I had another, like lead in that I thought of 20 minutes ago and I, I can't remember if you know who Stevie Nicks is <laughs> and have any song recommendations. Yeah, if
0: you have any song recommendations.
1: Send them to off the watch list at gmail.com. No wait, is it off the watch list? Yeah, I can't remember. It's off
0: the watch list at
1: gmail.com. Okay. Off the watch list at gmail.com. And as I'm saying this, I realized we have an email that I need to respond to. And we are also on instagram that is off the watch list pod at off the watch list pod and until next time
0: yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time
1: rock on
0: rock on dudes